You are good. I'm going to ask you to stay standing this morning and get right into the word. Amen. You know, as we're worshiping the Lord today, I was thinking of that account and that story. Ten lepers came to Jesus and said, can you heal us? And, and how many know he's such a good God? He said, absolutely, I can. But the Bible says that ten of them, they went away, but only one came back and returned and thanked the Lord. The Bible says that when he fell on his knees and he worshiped the Lord and he thanked God and he thanked Jesus, and the Bible says that, and Jesus said, your faith has made you well. So I'll thank God for the healed our bodies. He's healed me, brought me into the kingdom, but he's making me well. He's made me whole, amen. And this morning, we just wanna say thank you. I wonder if we could just lift our hand before we do transition and say, Lord, thank you for healing me, touching me, saving me, delivering me. There's no one like you, and we worship you today, amen. Can we give God a cheer? Amen, before we see seated. Actually, stay standing, <laughs> amen. So, so thankful that all of you came today. I just hope that in, in one, one way or another, Whatever we say or do, God touches you through what our lives and through this ministry. But if you're listening online, if you're sick and you're not here today, uh, we miss you, but we're just praying for your healing and God's touching your body today as the word goes forth. How many believe that? Amen. Uh, we are so happy to have Pastor Mark and Debbie here today with us. Yeah. For many of you that um, don't know them, uh, they, Pastor Mark and Sister Debbie, they were uh, staff pastors for over 25 years here at the church, our worship leader for all of it, and, uh, but uh, we got a little bit of an inroad there. He's my brother. This is my older brother. He's the second oldest, and so I think I became a better, a smarter person because he's my brother, a tougher person, uh, right? All the youngest can say amen, but I wanted to say I became a better Christian because of him, amen? So I'm so thankful for their life, amen, and, and their ministry. Can we give Pastor Mark a hand as he comes today? Amen. All right, man. That didn't make me cry. Hey. Can we make some crazy noise for Jesus? If that was for me, that'd be all right. How about for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? I was glad when they said unto me, come and let us go to Williamsport. <laughs> I know I'm in the spirit this morning as we've had two confirmations already that God has got a word for us today. As Micah referred to being thankful, all of the songs, the set list. How about River Valley Worship Team? These guys are amazing. Kudos, hats off. We got representatives from all over the place, a little Blue Ridge action going on. So excited. I'm, I'm going to ask you to remain standing one more time because the second confirmation was Pastor Matt stood up here and talked about the 10 lepers. I want you to just stand for a minute. If you've got your Bibles, whatever form or fashion that is, I have the privilege of preaching out of my grandfather's Bible this morning. Luke chapter 17. The Bible talks about 10 lepers that had an encounter with Jesus. I hope this is okay. I'll, I'll get to the pleasantries in a minute, but when God is in the room, I feel like we've got to pay attention to what he's doing. Structure is good as long as it's always collapsible by the moving of the Holy Spirit. I've got a plan, but I love it when he comes along and says, I've got a better one. Can you say amen? So God is here this morning. I'm going to read this out of the English Standard Version so that those of you that are looking at that can also have a little bit of an idea that in this language that we're in today will connect some of the bridge between the old King James and what the Lord is trying to say to us in this hour. Luke 17, 11 through 19. On the way, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Wow. There's already so much here, but I just want you to stop and think for a minute. Samaria represented the future. Jesus said, when I go up into heaven and the Holy Spirit comes down, you need to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. He's talking about the future. When Jesus first started his ministry, he started it in Galilee. So I want you to think about this. Jesus is passing between our past and our future 
in this moment right now here in our present. So this verse is just as relevant for us today as it was the day that Luke wrote this. He said, and as he entered the village, he was met. Turn around and look at somebody and say, he was met. He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, come on, turn around and look at somebody and say, Jesus sees me today. When he saw them and said to them, go and show. Man, I'm telling you what, God is getting ready to do a little show and tell with the church in 2024. Can you say amen? I dare you to turn around and give somebody a fist bump real quick and say, we're getting ready to see a show and tell from God. Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went their way, they were cleansed. So many times we wait for God to come and do stuff. Bring me this, bring me that, and then I'll go. And no, it's in reverse. God said, you go in faith, and as you go, you will be made whole. You will be cleansed. There is a miracle for those who are going. Can you say amen? It's not just so much in the knowing. It's more in the going. Can you say amen? I just want to let you know that the Holy Ghost is here today. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. You know, it's always been strange to me that the world and even sometimes us as believers have put a negative connotation on turning back. But not every time you turn back is a bad thing. There are some times that you need to turn back and remember what God has done for you. There's sometimes you got to turn back and look at all that He has done for you. The Apostle Paul said, if we can look at all those things back there, we can now look at these things in front of us and say, if God is for me, who can be against me? Sometimes we got to turn back and in order to turn ahead. They turned back and praising God with a loud voice, fell on his face and at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. This is what Micah was referring to this morning, giving thanks. Look at somebody say, there's a reward to gratitude. There is a reward for gratitude. Now, he was a Samaritan. Interesting that Luke says, hey, we have to make a note of this. This is a very unusual and probably not common in the stories of Jesus. So the physician, Luke, very, very concerned about the details, says, I want you to notice something. This guy wasn't even normally from church. This guy was off the street. Sometimes we can learn stuff from people that are just coming in the door. When Jesus touches them, they're usually the first ones to throw their hands up and say, thank you, Jesus. It might seem embarrassing, but I'm not embarrassed of what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. It might feel awkward to everybody else in the room that are watching me, but it doesn't feel awkward to me. Thank you, Jesus. The Samaritan came back and then he answered, we're not 10 cleansed, Jesus asked. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give me praise except this foreigner? And he said to the man who was cleansed, watch this, he's already healed of the disease. Jesus looks at him and says, rise up and go your way. Your faith has made you whole, or in this translation, well. If we can sometimes get our eyes off of me, and if I can replace I with we, even illness becomes wellness when we look at Jesus. Thank you for standing. Let's pray together before you sit down. Father, I thank you for your presence in this room. I thank you, Lord, for all that you are. I thank you, Lord, that you are who you said you would be. 
Lord, we're not ashamed of the way we worship, not ashamed of the way we believe, not ashamed of what you're about to do. And we will give you all the glory and all the praise today. And everybody shouted amen and amen and amen. Hug somebody as you're sitting down and let them know I'm so glad that I came to the house of God today. Yes, 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 yes. We need to make some more noise for River Valley worship, man. These guys are crushing it. Yeah. I got to get a picture with Alex because he's got my favorite shirt on right now. So we're going to do that, bro. Wow, isn't it amazing what God is doing? Well, I don't know what else to say except I'm so excited to be home. This is where I was raised. This is where I got a lot of my stuff right here in this house. And I'm standing here on this platform and thinking of all the amazing people that have come through this place. We will never know the hundreds of thousands of lives that were changed that came through these doors until we get to heaven. Not just those that physically were in this room, but those who were impacted by those who were in this room. Missionaries all over the world. I'm always running into people that are saying, man, you probably don't remember this, but you said this, or I was at that meeting, and this is what God did for me, and now I'm doing this. It's amazing the impact, the rippling effect that being obedient to God's word has. Can you say amen? Wow, so Debbie and I are so thrilled to be in the room. I didn't think my brother Matt was going to make me cry, but he did. Thank you for that. Can we honor Pastor Matt and Pastor Rachel this morning? So proud of you. I don't know if everybody in the room knows this, but Matt was my best man in my wedding. Yep. You're still my best man. He's, he makes me laugh like crazy. Um, I love that, and you guys do too. So <clears throat> I'm sorry for bringing you pain. Uh, he's like, yeah, I learned how to get strong. So yeah, well, we, we probably fought once or twice. If you've got a brother, you know what that's about. Now listen, I can fight with him, but don't try to come in and break it up because we'll both turn and we'll pick on you. So I want you to know how that works. Our fight's ours. Don't mess with it. It's really love. It's just the real, real thin line between love and, you know, getting angry. Uh, we're passionate. Let's put it that way. We're very passionate people. Um, I just got my DNA test back, and now I know why, why I'm so passionate about stuff. It's crazy. Anyway, I'll, I'll give you that at a more private discussion of my percentages of what's in my background. But what is in our background that makes us who we are, uh, as I, again, I thought it would be a special treat not only bring this Bible, but I have a picture of my great-grandmother in this Bible from 1955 in New York City called there to be a missionary from North Carolina. And, of course, you know, you've heard probably over time how many hundreds of stories of the miracles that God has done. And so I said, going off to Bible college when I didn't even really want to go, it's one of those deals where my dad comes to me on a Friday night and says, you're going to Bible school Sunday morning. We're going to pray over you and send you out. So something in my heart said, man, I better get serious with God, like in the next 24, or I'm really in trouble. You know what I'm saying? And in that, I said, Lord, if you could do what you've done for my great-grandmother, for my grandfather, for my mother and father, for my siblings, Lord, I know that you can do that for me. And so I'm depending on you and depending on your word. Can you say amen? So this is why we're here today. Um, still doing it. Man, so many of you came up and gave us greetings, and thank you so much for that. But I think it's also important to note that I have the privilege, of course, of my, my dad and mom still being alive and still praying, still worshiping, still interceding. Can we honor our founding pastors this morning? Love you so much. Yeah, wouldn't be, wouldn't be here, literally would not be here without you. See, this is a product of your love and your craziness, so this is who we are. One of the things that I thought was really important, I leaned over to my wife a few minutes before I got up, and I said, man, I'm having a deja vu this morning, uh, and it's, it, it's, it's funny. There is an irony to that of how many times I've been in this room, but I also felt that there's something very 
prophetic and specific of what God is doing in this room today. And so I want you to be prepared to receive something from the Lord, not necessarily something from me. You know me. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you can say, yeah, I've heard him probably preach a couple of times. But this morning, I feel like there's something very specific about what God is saying to us. Have you ever lost anything? Did anybody ever lose anything? Lose keys, lose a wallet, lose your iPhone, lose your mind. Of all the things I lost, I'm going to miss my mind the most. Micah was left at church. We heard him say it this morning. He's still struggling through that. You know, we can probably get in some counseling and therapy for some of that. I know that none of you parents have ever left your children anywhere, you know, but if you have, there's something about losing stuff. Worse, losing someone. When uh, our daughter Corey was just a, a, maybe 18 months, not even quite two years old, we went to Rehoboth Beach for a vacation. The beach was jam-packed, and you know me, I've got, all, I've got two or three of these huge cartons of stuff, and there's umbrellas and blankets and chairs and food and snacks and everything. And by the time we got to our spot, looked up to turn around, and I couldn't see Corey. Debbie couldn't see Corey anywhere. The, the, the beach was just wall-to-wall people. What we didn't know, she was, on, she was less than 10 feet from us, bent over, digging in the sand. But there's a panic that comes when you lose stuff. Anybody ever been in that spot where, like, there's so much fear and panic, it just grips you? There is torment to that kind of fear. And, and, and it's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And so we, I'm screaming to the top of my, I can get loud I'm screaming to the top of my lungs, Corey, you know, only to find out she's right over here just kind of playing in the sand like this is all cool and good. Anybody ever lose anything? I remember we were, our whole family, we were all traveling to a person's house. They just built a new house and they wanted to show all of us, all of us kids and their kids were in this huge van. We had vans back in the day. I don't know, you guys are ashamed and embarrassed of minivans. We, we thought minivans were cool. We're the ones that kind of invented the coolness of minivans. And we're all in this minivan. And so this guy gets out and he wants to show me his house. And he's like, oh, we're going to go inside, right? And all of a sudden he goes, oh, I lost my keys. And we are looking everywhere for these keys. Cannot find them. Four adults. I don't know how many kids looking for keys everywhere. Couldn't find them. Again, Corey was probably, I don't know, six years old maybe. And all of a sudden she goes, let's pray and ask God. That's a brilliant idea. How novel is that? We all come around and she had this prayer. We would teach our kids, if you've lost anything, pray this prayer. Lord, I pray that whatever is hidden, that you would bring it to light. And that's all she prayed. It, was very, it seemed like, you know, but it was so powerful and so innocent. By the time we got done and said amen, I, it was like these keys fell out of heaven and dropped right in the middle of all of us. I'm like, oh my gosh, here's these keys. And of course, like the mature adults we were, we, hey, Corey, can you pray for this now? And I want this house and we need a car. And there's something about loss. But I want to give you something that the Lord gave me today. Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 23, we find something here again today. Again, just want to dive into this. Pastor Matt has been in this encounter series. And we want to just kind of continue and, and piggyback off of that. What does it look like when we have an encounter with Jesus? What is our response when we've had an encounter with Jesus? And what should be the impact when we've had an encounter with Jesus? Hopefully we'll unpack some of that today. Joel chapter 2 says something very amazing. Again, out of the ESV. It says, be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord for your God. He has given you the early rain for your, listen to this, vindication. What a powerful word. And has poured down for you abundant rain. Here's the definition of abundant rain. It's the early rain and the latter rain at the same time. Now, for us who are not based in an agricultural culture anymore, we don't really appreciate what a latter rain and what a former rain looks like. But if you're a farmer and you've ever had to plant anything or you even got a garden, you know, I think we should learn how to progress with generations. Can you say amen? My grandfather was a farmer. My dad had a garden. I've got a can opener. There should be a progression. We should attain wisdom after we've been on the planet for a little while. 
And look at what happens in this incredible story. God says, I'm going to give you the rains that were required to make the seed grow a taproot and to grow down. And at the same time, I'm going to bring another rain simultaneously that is going to bring all the fruit out of the ground and for harvest to come to pass. And you're kind of like, well, that sounds a little weird. It sounds like maybe something a little sci-fi, which I'm down for sci-fi. I just officiated a wedding two weekends ago, and I've never heard a bride and her maids come down to the theme of the Empire Strikes Back, but it happened. I'm totally down for sci-fi. It was cool. I didn't have to dress as Darth Vader or anything. It was pretty neat. That would have been cooler. But listen to what it says. It says, the threshing floors in verse 24 will be full of grain. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. Catch this. This is our verse. Joel 2 and 25, God giving us a promise. I will restore to you the years. When we build stuff and stuff gets broken and lost, we can buy new. We can build new. We can restore stuff that we've made. But God says, this is how amazing I am. I can restore years. I can restore time lost. Second Kings, we have a story about Gehazi, and he is now no longer the servant of Elisha. You remember that story? He's standing in front of the king, and he's telling the king about this miracle that the prophet Elijah had done, Elisha rather, had done, and said there was a woman. She made a room over in our house. It was crazy. Every time we come through, she just all went overboard to take care of us. And so the prophet says, whatever you need, you can have. She said, I can't have a baby. She has a baby. The child is a miracle child. And then when he's 12 years old, he dies from some really weird cause. And then Elisha, the prophet, comes back, prays over the kid. He comes back to life. He's raised from the dead. This is a miracle story. And as he's telling the story, he says, oh, by the way, about seven years ago when the famine started, she had to leave and go down and live in the land of the Philistines. And at that moment, come on, turn around, look at somebody, say, I serve an on-time God. At that moment, this woman and her son return from the land of the Philistines and walk into the king's court. How many know that God whispers your name sometimes and you don't even realize why he's brought you to a spot? Have you ever woke up one morning and said, why am I even here? How did I end up at this place? Why am I traversing this road only to find out that God has been bragging on you? Can you say amen? And the king looks and said, who is this woman and son? And Gehazi says, this is the woman. This is the miracle son. Watch the power of the king. How many knows that one moment of favor is better than a lifetime of labor? He extends his hand and he says, this woman, everything that should have been hers on her farm and in her inheritance for the last seven years, even though she wasn't home, give her all that belonged to her and more. I said, God is going to restore the years. Can you say amen? I am so excited that stuff that should have been ours, a harvest that should have been belonged to us, even if it looks like we missed out on it, the God that we serve will show up later in your timeline and say, oh, BT dubs, I got a little something for you. Everything that should have belonged to you is right here, and I'm going to restore all of this and more. I wish somebody had a little bit of a shout, a little bit of a praise, and said, Lord, I thank you. You're going to restore all of this and more. Think about this. These 10 men that were living in what we now have a first record of, this is a, a, a leper colony. So these 10 men have the same disease. Uh, they're ostracized, put out, marginalized by everybody else in their world. And so the best thing for us to do when we're sick is to find a community that can be a support to us. Can you say amen? We learned this working with those that have been in the recovering community. The best place for you to be is in your community of faith. Can you say amen? 
Even if you're sick, the best place for you to be is not alone, but it's to be with other people that can encourage you and say, look, we're going to get through this even as we got to get through it together. But here's what they didn't know. Community is amazing, but Jesus is better. Can you say amen? Not only do we have the record of the first leper colony, but we now have the record of first mass miracle done by Jesus. Jesus looks at all 10 of them, not one person, not two people, not a couple, not a few friends, but a whole colony that are sick with the same disease. And he says, I've got the power. I'm the only one that's got the power. And today I'm going to grant you a healing today. Can somebody put your hands together and thank God he's the God of miracles. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? You are more than able. And if he could do it then, he could do it now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. These 10 are healed, and as they're going, this one Samaritan This guy that doesn't know church. He doesn't know Christianese. He doesn't have the two-step hop from church. But he knows one thing. Once I was blind, now I can see. Once I was sick, but now I'm healed. Once I had leprosy, and now I got baby skin. Leprosy is a neurological disorder. At the end of all of our extremities, millions of nerves send messages back to our central nervous system and tell us that things that we are touching or feeling can be of a certain temperature, can be cutting us. Basically, the, the, the Old Testament and even the beginning of the New Testament definition of leprosy is that we've lost our sense of feeling. Pain can do this to us. In Mark chapter 2, when Jesus goes into a house and there's so many people that have come to see Jesus that there's one sick man and four men can't get through the crowd, so they take the sick man on his cart up onto the roof, tear the roof off, and let him down. What's happening in all of that story is this man lost his sense of pain. He became weary and tired. I don't know if you know this, but one of the definitions of weary is that we get exhausted. Our sense of pleasure is exhausted. We can't feel pain. We become numb or paralytic. There are times in life that things can come at us so fast and so hard like an avalanche that if we're not careful, we will lose our sense of touch. You see, leprosy wasn't taking the end of their limbs off. What was taking their fingers and toes off is that they could no longer feel it when they would bump into something. They could no longer feel it when they were reaching onto a hot stove and suddenly their finger is burning and burning off and they can't even feel it. You see, all of us avoid pain every way possible. But do you know pain is important? It's valuable. Pain has a purpose. Pain tells me I'm never going to do that again. And when you've gotten into a place in your life when your, your illness has so overtaken you, you think it's all right. You begin to deceive yourself. Somebody said the worst deception is self-deception. When you've deceived yourself that doing this isn't killing me anymore, doing this isn't really going to make me die of a heart attack, fentanyl's not going to take me out. Is anybody in the room? It's the same issues that these 10 lepers were dealing with. They lost their sense of the messaging system, the alert and alarm system in their body that would say, get out of here. Get away from that. 
you're bleeding, you're going to die. And many of them had lost the ends of their nose, lost ears, lost their fingers and toes. And eventually, their entire central nervous system would shut down. They, they didn't even, couldn't even breathe anymore. They couldn't tell themselves to breathe, and they would just die because they stopped feeling. There is a purpose to pain. So imagine this for a moment. These guys are in a community. They're like, hey, man, listen, we, we, we're not well. We, we got we to get help. Nobody else wants to help us, so we got to at least help ourselves. That's good. That, that, that's a good starting place. You know, I mean, hey, wherever you're at, do what you got to do. You know, you got you to go be part of the 12-step program. Hey, get in the rooms. Do what you got to do. Stay with those guys. But I'm here to tell you that there is a step beyond recovery. There's 12 steps, but then there's another step, and that step is that I found my higher power. I had an encounter with the king. I know that Jesus is alive because he has healed me, and now I don't have to go back and do those things that I used to do anymore because he is alive in me. And so these 10 men were healed of their disease, but they still had missing fingers and toes. Imagine this. Get this in your mind. Here's this man. He's lost so much. He's lost family. He's lost friends. He's lost influence, lost respect, lost his reputation. But he's now free of the disease. He still doesn't have fingers. He still doesn't have toes. His nose is still off but he throws his hand up anyway and said, Lord, I'm just glad I'm alive. Is anybody in the room, you might have lost some stuff, but you're like, you know what? I'm here today, and man, that's reason I got out of bed this morning. That's what I'm going to praise God for. Can you say amen? I'm still breathing on my own without a respirator. I got something to give God praise for. Can you say amen? I didn't have to stick a needle in my arm, amen, to make it through one more day. I got some praise in this room. He's more than able. He's more than able. But here's what he didn't know was going to happen. He had a key in his hand, even though he didn't have fingers to hold it. He went back to Jesus, and he said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dad and Mom. Thank you. Thank you, River Valley Church. Thank you, Matt and Rachel, some very dear friends. Thank you. You know what I've discovered? That there's a reward to gratitude. Jesus looked at that man, and he said, even though you're not from church, everything that was lost, he activated before Acts chapter 2, before the Holy Spirit came down, before Peter stood up and quoted, just three verses later, we're going to find out in verse 28, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, all of those verses that we quote. Why do we sometimes take verses out of context? Let's find out what Joel was saying. What Joel was saying is that one chapter before this, in Joel chapter 1, is that God had sent an army of locusts, swarming locusts, caterpillars, these are, these are worms that, that eat wood. Like the entire tree is gone. Like if you've got a tree and locusts, caterpillars, there's canker worms, there's palmer worms, they were all released by God. Why? Because they had turned their back on the Lord. God had been so faithful to them for generations, and they were still serving other gods, still not looking to him, still not giving up a praise because I'm dignified now. I'm somebody in the community, so I got to be, I can't give God a prayer. I can't jump up and I can't shout. I can't throw my hands up in the church because, oh, bless God. Listen, God will say, oh, really? Okay. Who gave you all that? Oh, oh right? Oh you, think, oh, you think it was you? Okay, let's, let's go there for a minute. And the next thing you know, you find yourself without some stuff real quick. 
And something in our heart, if you still got some nerve endings left, something in your life ought to say, Lord, you know what? I, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to give you praise anyhow. I thank God my family's healthy. I thank God that my marriage is still together. I thank God that I still got Is anybody in the room? So I'm talking to everybody. I'm not just talking to people that are down and out. I'm talking to people that are up and going. Can you say amen? Everybody in the room ought to always have a praise for Jesus because he is the King of Kings, because he is is the Lord of Lords because he is the master of the universe because he deserves it and listen no matter how I'm feeling whenever the king shows up he deserves my salute of praise the least thing I should be able to say to him is thank you you've been good you've been good you know, we cry sometimes about the stuff that we lost, but did you ever think that maybe some of that stuff needed to go? Do you ever think that maybe there were some of those relationships that didn't really work for you and weren't healthy for you? Maybe they were some people that were keeping you sick. Maybe there were some people around you that were feeding you stuff that were keeping you sick. And God did a favor for you and did a miracle for you and separated you from them. Is anybody in the room? Either way, I should thank God that I'm here. Wow. So. There's three things, three actions that I'm going to hopefully get to before it's over. I'm almost out of time. I'm probably way out of time, if I'm being honest. Thanksgiving. Thanks releases. Number one, releases God's power to restore everything that has been taken. We read that to you, Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. Number two, thanksgiving releases God's peace. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. We'll find this in the ESV. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all under. It's not just passing, it's a surpassing. That means that the peace that God gives you doesn't make sense. He gives you peace that the world can't even traffic. They can't even logically understand. How can you stand there while all this going on and still have peace? It's because it's not my peace. It's the peace of God. Because I chose to give him thanks in the middle of it. Not because of it, but in the middle of it. I'm thanking him regardless. Thanksgiving releases his peace. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You've paid all kinds of money every single month to ADT, to Comcast, to whoever else has got a home security system so you can open your doors and lock them remotely from your phone. But God says, I got a whole lot better security system. It's called Thanksgiving. All you got to do is begin to thank me for stuff and I'll put an angel at your front door and there ain't no way anybody's going to get in your house. Number three, Thanksgiving releases the purpose of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and for me. I've learned to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Psalms 104, Psalms 100 verse 4. Look at this. I've also found out that in his presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, verse 11. Think about this. Like these lepers, Jesus has come to do a miracle for this generation. I want to know if you can stand on your feet with me for just a few minutes. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. The good news of the gospel is some of the thoughts I'm having even concerning this place and what God's getting ready to do. And listen, God is not done. River Valley is in a new chapter. Can you say amen? Pastor Matt and I were talking yesterday and he said, 
you, you gave a prophetic word in 2000. Y2K, everybody's worried about everything shutting down. You know, you guys are out buying generators and food packs and NPRs and all that stuff. And the Lord says, no, I'm doing something new. This is how God works. He always does something new, even out of that that everybody else thinks is old. Genesis 21, Sarah, in her 90s, was told she was going to have a child with Abraham. She laughed at God. This woman was serious. She was not playing around. She was like, Lord, do you know? Have you been around lately? Have you seen the way I can't even get up steps anymore? And I'm going to have a baby? Oh, yeah, okay. Watch this. The Bible says that God in his appointed time on his calendar said, you know what? I'm going to give you a child now because there's no way you can take credit for this. I'm going to get all the glory and I'm going to get all the praise. I said, God is about to do something brand new in this church this New Testament church that even from the, the book of Acts, we've tried to model ourselves. And this is why we pray. This is why we seek the face of God. Because he's the only one that can do any of this. I can't make any of this stuff happen. We can't do this as a group of people and say, you know, let's, let's get together and let's build a building and let's do this and let's, no, no. When God is on your side, he takes care of you. You've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again. Where he sends, he spends. Where he guides, he provides. Where he leads, he feeds. If God gave you the promise, then God's going to give you the paycheck. Is anybody in the room? God is going to take care of you. So we say, okay, God, you're doing something brand new. How are you going to do it? I'm going to pray. That's my responsibility to pray. And because we're trying to be like the church in the book of Acts, let me give you that acronym on prayer. Ready? Acts. That first letter in that word, Acts. The first thing I do when I come in, I'm going to adore him. Lord, I adore you. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. I don't start in his presence with my list of woes and Come on now. I come into his presence because he's the king of kings and there is a godly protocol, a heavenly protocol. When you want to stand in front of the king, you want to get the king's attention, you start telling him how amazing he is. You start telling him how good he's been to you. And the next thing we do is then we see, we then start to confess things. We say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've neglected our relationship. I'm sorry that I've been mediocre and moderate towards getting in your presence. And then T, here it is. I begin to thank him. Almost there. We got one more letter. And then if you have any supplications, then if you've got any requests, that's when you give them. So when you pray, we think the word acts. We're trying to be like the book of acts. This is how they operated. This is how they functioned. Wow. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus is not way off somewhere, but he is near us. He's right here right now. He hears us. He sees us. He answers us. Yep. We used to sing an old song here that said he's as close as the mention of his name. If you want to have what they had, this is what we do. So we all need a fresh encounter with Jesus. We all need to draw near to God so he will draw near to us. Wow. When God moves, and I'm telling you, he is going to move. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. When he moves, I hope that you remember this message and don't forget to thank him. Can you say amen? You could be in your room. You could be in your house. You could be with your family at a vacation. You could be sitting around a Thanksgiving table. But you can say, Lord, I want to thank you. Lord, that you have been so good. And Lord, I know that if you could do it then, you're going to do it now. And you're going to do it in my future. 
Jesus is passing through Galilee and Samaria, your past and your future. He's here in this moment, and this is where the miracles happen. Can you say, let's throw our hands up and say, Lord, we thank you for this amazing presence that's in this room right now. By the way, this doesn't happen easily. This culture, this environment, this atmosphere is because there's been loving pastors that have been teaching, that have been breaking open the bread of life, that have been pouring into you and parting, and your hearts are ready to receive the word of the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for our pastors here at River Valley. We pray your blessing upon the leaders, upon the elders, those that are, Lord, in this place, leading and guiding. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you, Lord God, for a fresh vision. We thank you that this is the year you're rubbing fresh eye salve on our eyes, and you're causing our vision, Lord God, to see things. Father, even in times of pain, the good shepherd comes, and he picks us up, and he puts us on his shoulders, and we can see things on his shoulders that we couldn't see from the ground. Father, I thank you that you are giving us a fresh perspective in this season, in this year. And Lord, we pray in advance, and we thank you in advance, Lord God, for every donor, every sponsor, all investors, those that are coming, Lord, and they're going to say, we don't even know why, but we feel that we're supposed to give you this amount of money. We're supposed to get behind you and give you this kind of advertisement. We need to get behind you, and we need to have this marketing campaign, and we're taking care of the bill for you. We thank you for every contractor. We thank you for every attorney. We thank you, Lord God, for every financial institution, those that are going to be required as we go forward, not just in a city or in a county, but in a state. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are whispering the name of this church and ministry. Lord God, in the ears of those who have the power to make things happen on a political, on a capital level, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. But even if All of that doesn't happen in my lifetime. I'm still going to give you thanks. I'm still going to give you praise. Man, I wish we'd take a minute or two and just throw our hands up and say, Lord, I thank you. Sometimes you got to praise him through tears and you got to say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I don't always understand everything that's going on, but I thank you. Lord, you're you're in control. You're in charge of this. I don't know why that had to happen that way, but Lord, I thank you. And Lord, I know one thing, that if it's not good, it's because you're not done. And Lord, we give you the glory, Lord God, that you're going to keep on doing a good work, that all these things are working together for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you guys for letting me come and share my heart with you. We love you. You're the best. I had a dream about this moment, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for walking away from a very influential job to come and put up with us. Thank you. What a sweetheart. I mean, appreciate Miss Jackie Myers. Ain't she something? I love you. There's power in Thanksgiving. I saw Scott Fisher this morning. I said, thank you for being my home leader. (laughs) He baptized me. He and Harry Omer baptized me in, in Harry's pool. 1985. That's a long time ago. Thank you. You're still here. Talk about the faithfulness of God. Thank you. Scott, Julie, wow. Amazing. Just so many that I could thank. Look at Rick and Sandy Douglas. I wouldn't have a birthday cake to eat, ever, if it wasn't for Aunt Sandy. Right? My house would have never got painted on 1820 Ravine Road. It would have never happened. Between Brother Rick and and, and Henry Weaver, it would have never happened. I'm thankful. Can you say amen? We're just so thankful. There's some unsung heroes in the room today. Wow. I'm looking at Jeff Douglas standing at the mixer today. Go ahead. Go ahead. Best organ player on the planet right there. He's back there still messing with levers. 
I love you, Jeff. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Can we make some noise for Jeff and Megan? <laughs> They're amazing. How about Randy Allison, man? Come on, this guy. Randy and Debbie, what? Was this your grandson up here? I saw Sam up here going for it. I was like, that, I see Randy do that a couple times on that stage a few times. Oh, yeah. Whenever we're having a moment in the glory of God, I always hear Brother Randy's voice in the background. We need your fire, oh God. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. All of you that are here, if I tried to name everybody, I'd get in big trouble. But I remember, again, waking up from this dream that I had had. Just gotten out of a conference. I literally was up all night. Lord, just speaking to my heart. I couldn't write fast enough. You talk about a download from heaven. And then on the heels of it, I remembered you. I saw your faces. And standing here, two years later, this is it. Why does God give us a visitation like that sometimes? I've found out that when God confirms something, Jim Norton, who I love very dearly, when God confirms something, it's because He's reminding you of what he said, and you've even begun to think it's not going to happen anymore. He comes along and confirms it, and he says, I'm reminding you of this because now is the time. Come on, turn around and touch about three or four people and say, now's the time. Now's the time. All the promises, all the prophecies, all the songs, come on now, all the prayers. Is anybody listening? Wow. I'm just glad to be somewhere in the mix somewhere. I don't even care. I like, you know, just give me an old banner. Bring out a banner from upstairs that we don't even use anymore. Give me that purple one with King of Kings on it, and I'll run around with that. I don't care. I'm just glad that God is who he said he is. Can you say amen? Wow. We love you guys so much.